Welcome, Welcome to the, to the nerd, nerd Lab. Get those nerds! 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 Let the nerds take nerd over! Nerd alert! Were you some kind of nerd? Not some kind of nerd. I am the king of nerds. Nerd! Nerd stuff probably really excites you because you're a nerd. This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and film, Star Wars, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and beyond, Pokemon, the Walking Dead universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike, and most things in between. That's right, guys, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtalklips at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtalklips, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash We'd love some listener feedback. What's up, nerd enthusiasts? Thanks for joining us for episode 39 of Nerd Talk Lips. Uh, we are doing... Central Juncture culminations today. Mid-season or... finales. <laughs> Mid-season finales. I wanted a different name for the episode, so that's what we're calling it. Central Juncture culminations. Um, and you can find all of those uh, synonyms on thesaurus.com. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking for your synonym words. Yeah, so each wor- each one of those is... A, thesaurus.com. Is thesaurus.com. That's exactly what... <laughs> That's where I went for those. So hey, whatever. Yeah, so we're doing mid-season finales. We got Walking Dead, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, and all all of these were great episodes all the way around. But just like every other episode, before we get into the meat, we're going to do nerd news, and there is actually some nerd news this week. Yes, to we have been having. A, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, we've had days where we've had fucking lots. We've had days where there's nothing. Right, so yeah, we got some we got some news to to uh, <laughs> the all right. Send him for Flash the Glimmer. The Glimmer. So we are talking up today about Glimmer Cursor. And Fable about Destiny. <laughs> Fable of out Destiny? Fable about Destiny. About Destiny. So Glimmer, Cursor, and Fable about Destiny. Yes. <laughs> oh, you didn't do one for The Walking Dead. Oh, shit. Whatever. It's okay. It doesn't matter. We can do the 
the traveling deceased. Yeah. Traveling deceased. <laughs> okay. Well, the traveling by foot deceased. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to go ahead and do nerd news first. And we're coming at you with all that mid-season finale greatness. Greatness. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. Alright, first issue of news will be Walking Dead news. We have one thing in it, really short, but The Walking Dead will return to AMC on February 12, 2017 with episode 9. So, in a little the over theme- a month, about I guess about a month and a half, about, I guess you could say. Yep, and then the new theme for season 7, or I'm sorry, yeah, no, season wait, what's 7. No, wait, the date? the two months exactly. Yes, yeah, so in the, the new wow. theme for the back half is uh, Rise Up. That's going to then prepare for All Out War. Yeah, that's my theory. They're going to be preparing for All Out War for the next <coughs> half of the season. And then season eight will be All Out War. And then, I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming we can safely now say, in my personal opinion, that 8B, so next February, will be the two-year time jump. 8B? Like... Yeah, like 7A, 7B. What is this? You're talking about the season first half. Seven? Yeah, like season okay. 7A, yeah. like just ended 7B. Yeah. That's what that's how they refer to it. So. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, but yeah, so 8A, and then the time jump will be in the mid in the break. Yeah. Okay. We'll I come can, back two years later. I can see that. If, like, we'll, you know, we'll, get, we'll have Magna. And, see, most of the people don't know about the time jump, but there definitely is a time jump. Yeah, in the comic books. Issue 127. So um, I remember it specifically because it's a fucking huge issue. And not by means of size. Yeah, Lots only size. No, oh, it was big. It's just a long issue. It's a double issue. Oh, and I and and it was actually you. You were like, oh, you might want to order two of those because it might be like key later. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it, it's usually uh, character introductions like that are are expect- very key. They're but the ones that are worth money later. Yeah, but I like, wish we had a first edition. The character that's print. introduced in it is like. Michonne, the first issue of Michonne. That's that would be fucking rich. That's like nineteen grand for that shit. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that that would be insane. But what what can you do? Okay, so that is all we have for Walking Dead. Let's move over to the DC universe and see what we got going on. This this first one's a little long. We've got a chock full of information. So, CW's The Flash will be introducing a new Justice League character to the series by the name of Gypsy whose real name is Cindy Reynolds. She was actually introduced in the same book that Vibe was introduced, and Steel. Um, it was a Justice League of America annual number two. All three were created by Jerry Conway and Chuck Patton. I feel like we're getting like B, the, the B-list Justice League on the TV show. Yeah, it's pretty weird. All the B-listers. Like, we'll probably see Blue Beetle or some shit. That would be awesome, though. Yeah. I love Blue Beetle. Um, so every, all these uh, cre- characters were created by Jerry Conway and Chuck Patton. Um, Gypsy was a part of the Justice League during the time of transition as the League was tasked with getting young, <coughs> tasked with getting younger. Even though they didn't really pan out, all three characters have managed to stick around for some time or another. Some form or another. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. In some form or another, Gypsy is gifted with telepathic and illusion casting powers along allowing her to wreak havoc on the battlefield. She can camouflage herself and one other person if she needs to, and she can 
project nightmarish visions into the enemy's mind. Right. She's well, kind of like a Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna read. We're gonna read more about her powers right here. So Th- that was a little bit about her powers, but we got a couple paragraphs of her going more deep into it. So Gypsy's primary primary power is that of illusion casting, which allows her to blend into her background, effectively becoming invisible. It also allows her to adapt to rapidly changing backgrounds without betraying the illusion. Which is awesome. So she could like run really fast past different things and keep the illusion. That's crazy. She can camouflage both herself and someone in close proximity to her. In Gypsy's first appearance, only her shadow is shown from the bunker's monitor, and she appears to teleport at the end of the issue. Gypsy's illusion casting can also be used to project frightening illusions into the minds of other people. These illusions usually show what the the affected person fears most. Oh yeah, you're talking like from the uh, yeah from Age of Ultron. Yes, okay, I know, that makes sense. I was at first I was like what. This ability can affect other living things besides people, and Gypsy can use this ability in combat situations. Gypsy has the ability to project an illusion to appear as another person, but that person needs to be her approximate height and weight for it to appear authentic. So Gypsy's powers have evolved to the point that she can now cloak not only herself, but a moving vehicle and its passengers. Gypsy also has a limited precognitive abilities and appears to be able to project her spirit from her body. Doctor Strange kind of shit. Right yes, there. sir. So aside from her powers, Gypsy is an expert in hand-to-hand combat. She's also an accomplished acrobat, able to leap high, run fast, swim, and execute unexpectedly quick martial arts tactics with relative ease. Gypsy also has a strong aptitude in electronics and computers and has become skilled in the use of firearms. She has been trained by the Bronze Tiger. So she's a she's formidable. I feel like uh, I'd love to see her fight all over. Fuck yeah, dude. That would be awesome. So, actor Carlos Valdez, a.k.a. System, Cisco Marone, spoke at the Marone? CW's... Marone? Marone. <laughs> Cisco Marone. <laughs> uh, he spoke at the CW's Fan Feast Q&A after the mid-season finale, which we're talking about today. And he let fans know that another former member of the Justice League and the Birds of Prey will be joining the show, which is fucking crazy, too. Um, he says, quote... There's going to be a new visitor to our world named Gypsy. DC Comics fans will be familiar with Gypsy. She's going to be coming into our world, and Vibe will definitely get to learn some new skills as part of getting to know her. So that's, yeah. it's going to be really awesome. All right. <clears throat> we have another little bit more DC news. Uh, Justice League 2 has been delayed to make room for Ben Affleck's The Batman. Fuck you, Ben Affleck pussy. I want to see Justice League. No, Justice League 2 is still a ways away. Yes. But still. Um, the Hollywood Reporter now confirms that Zack Snyder will be taking a break between production on Justice League and his follow-up. The last photograph. What? The last... F- Is that the name of the movie? No. That's the movie he's going to be making. Uh-huh. I don't know why it's worded like this. Justice League 2. In, in order for the studio to get the Batman solo movie out the door, Snyder's next movie will be about an Afghanistan war correspondent who teams with a special op soldier. So, yeah, so Justice League 2 is going to be... But, which is fine by me, because I want to see this Ben Affleck Batman. Well, so do I, but... I just, I'm, so, I'm I, I was assuming... I was thinking at first Justice League, the first one, but no, I want to no, see that, that would shit be, That would be some bullshit. Yes. So, now, do you remember Powerless? Remember seeing the trailer for Powerless? Maybe. Like that comedy that show? The insurance about, one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. last year they said it was going to be coming out, but now it's now it's a, got an official release date, so after it was been delayed and all that shit. So, NBC's Powerless... TV series finally got one. That being the release date is DC Comics Powerless, a half-hour comedy series within the DC universe. It was originally supposed to debut this past fall. However, it was pushed back to sometime, quote unquote, in 17. 
2017, with the recent release of NBC's midseason series schedule, we now know that Powerless will premiere on February 2nd on NBC. Since NBC's Powerless is set in the DC universe, you can expect some of their superheroes and supervillains to to appear on the half-hour comedy series, such as Jack Lantern and Crimson Fox. You can also expect more iconic characters like Wonder Woman and Aquaman to be name-dropped frequently. Now, I do know that the premise of the show has changed slightly. It's still the same concept, mm-hmm. but it's more about like the people. They work at um, Wayne, one of the Wayne buildings, and they work on um, parts of the cities to have people come to like as a safe zone when the superheroes are going at it. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's still like insurance and stuff too as far as I know, but huh. um now imagine that having to be something you have to do is buy superhero insurance. Oh yeah, like we talked about it back in the day. You know what I mean? Watching a superhero show, we like like what the fuck, man? Like who's going to pay for like could you imagine going home and be like Spider-Man fucking came down laying on top of my goddamn car? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to tell your wife that shit. She'd like, be like Superman fuck. got punched through our house. Right, Our like house that's, is gone. <laughs> yeah, like there's got to be something you think about, but like, come on, Superman, you're paying for this shit. Right, <clears throat> but all right, well, that covers our DC news for today. We got some Star Wars news, and which will finish us up. Well, hold on, because we have we have only slightly one thing of Marvel news. I forgot to put it in here, but we can't go this episode without mentioning the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Oh yes, absolutely not. <laughs> That I was going to put that in here and I totally forgot to do it. But yes, so that Spider-Man trailer. Homecoming trailer just dropped this week, and it was fucking phenomenal. That movie, that, that was pretty good. Like I, I, I love this new Spider-Man. I, I cannot wait. I can't wait for the movie. I can't wait for the new game to come out. I'm just fucking stoked. Right, and I actually have a clip of the whole trailer that I'm going to put in here, just because. <laughs> guys wait a minute you guys aren't the real avengers i can tell hulk gives it away oh that was awesome is liz the new top no you've seen that before never with that skirt she probably stops staring before it gets creepy though too late. You guys are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug, but I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. I'm rough, I'm Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. 
All right. Hope you enjoyed that audio from the <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. We did. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the trailer. Check out the trailer if you haven't seen it. I'm sure. I mean, there's, if there's, you if you like this kind of shit, you probably have seen it. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's mean? been big news. Now there's two trailers. There's a. Uh, uh, international trailer and the regular trailer. The international trailer—they're both very different in some ways. So it's it's cool. You just definitely go check it out. People were like bitching now about Thor, like the the guy with the mask that had the Thor mask when the bank robbers at the beginning oh, of it. Yeah. People were bitching because Thor in the movie didn't have the fucking wings. Yeah, the wing or the hat. Or, yeah, they're saying it's a continuity error and blah blah blah. That blah, is blah. actually a continuity error. It is because the other Thor wouldn't even exist. Like. Yeah. It's just it's interesting now. Uh, some people I can't, I can't remember that there was a workaround that someone came up with, but I don't, we'll talk about that later. Oh no! All right, so this is our Star Wars news, which will finish us up. Kevin Smith and his daughter Harley Quinn Smith, who rocked Princess Leia-inspired buns, were among the many celebrity guests that attended the world premiere of Rogue One, a Star Wars story at Pantages, Pantages, yeah, theater in Los Angeles. After the screening, Lucasfilm and Disney gave everyone permission to post their reactions to the film. Smith, who has never been shy about sharing his opinion, posted a short and spoiler-free review on his official page, Facebook page, which you can read directly below. Quote, Holy Sith. Rogue One is unbelievably wonderful. No lie. It is Empire Strikes Back great. Smith exclaimed. An excellent chapter in the Star Wars universe. Lots of breathtaking moments and tie-ins to the saga. But you are not prepared for how fucking epic Darth Vader is in this movie. You will flat out squeal through the last act of Rogue One and the final 10 minutes will show you something you've never seen before that you never knew how much you wanted to see in the first place. Incredible flick. I, can, I can't wait to see it again. More of this is in the world, less of everything else. So I knew... I'm, I'm so glad you got to read this because I knew that you would be stoked about him saying Fuck how yeah. fucking epic Darth Vader is. Because that's what I want, man. Exactly. And I've, I've, I've heard other people saying you are not prepared for Darth Vader in this movie. I think I am, though. Uh, yeah, I, I know I what Darth Vader is capable of, and I know... Absolutely. And which Dude, we have I, not. I can't tell you how badly I want to see this with our own Aaron Dwyer. I know. I just want to be in the theater when he sees this movie with him. Like, I just... Ugh. It's going to be or so Fugate. great. And Fugate. Yeah. Even Brandon. Or and... Yeah, not even Brandon. And Brandon. That would be fantastic. That was our original I plans wish. with their... Faggots. I'm just kidding. We love you guys. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of Nerd News. So that takes us right up to the very meat of the episode. Meat. The central juncture culminations. So we're going to get right into the Walking Dead mid-season finale. We got Season 7, Episode 8 of The Walking Dead, Hearts Still Beating, directed by Michael E. Satrazemus, (laughs) written by Matthew Negrini and Channing Powell, music by Bear McCreary. Satrazemus. I have no idea how to say that. I don't fucking know. Satrazemus. (laughs) Whatever. All right, so while Rick and Aaron are making their way across Death Lake in a boat filled with bullet holes. Making their way down Death Lake. (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to do it. Go ahead. With high hopes that there is something worthwhile inside the boat. Negan is at... 
Negan is at House Grimes in Alexandria and is cooking up something for when Rick gets back. That's right, spaghetti. Daryl begins his escape from the sanctuary with the help of Jesus, peanut butter, Dwight's room, and a hatred for Fat Joey. As Negan grows impatient and begins eating without Rick, Spencer returns to Alexandria to give the savers what he found. Hoping that he's made a good impression, he cleans himself up and goes to speak with Negan over some whiskey and a game of pool in the streets. While trying to convince Negan that Rick isn't fit for Alexandria, Spencer tells him that he should allow him to become the new leader and follow the plan of his mother Deanna had for the community. Negan tells Spencer that while he's there, Rick is out working effortlessly for him so the people of Alexandria can live. This leads to a conversation about having guts and ultimately leads to Spencer's death in a real gut-wrenching way. Rick shows up with a bunch of stuff from the house boat (laughs) and Aaron gets his ass beat by a POSS, a.k.a. a piece of shit savior. During this, Rosita takes an opportunity and attempts to killing Negan, but misses and hits Lucille. Negan gets super angry and has a rock kill someone at random. She turns, and down goes Olivia. Yeah, so, like, uh, we talk a little bit about this first half of this. Like, that first scene, when they're in the, wa- in the water and, like, fucking Aaron falls in. Yeah, you know, like, what do we, we call them, uh, what, uh, oh. professional time wasters, PTWs? PTWs, yes. Because, like, they just add things, just, but it's fine, you know, I, it, it was expected, you know, the... Yeah, so it was, Aaron, Aaron fell in, and we, you know, they're like, what? "It was like Aaron." And we're like, "He's not dead." Like, yeah, there's no way, and he just like spent all that time underwater, right, just to build the suspense. And I was like, "Oh, just get to it." But uh, yeah, and then like Negan just sitting there at the head of the head of the table. It was like, weird because everybody's sitting there like this, and yeah, and he's just like <laughs> waiting, and he's like, "You know what? Fuck it," or whatever. He's like, "Pass the pass the rolls," or whatever. yeah, he's like, "Carl, will you please pass me the rolls?" No, he goes, "Carl, pass the rolls," or something, and he's like. Didn't do it. He goes, please. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, so also in this episode, we get Negan shaves. Yes, like right at the beginning. Yeah. Which is awesome for me. I've been waiting for it because in the comic books, Negan is very clean shaven. Yes. So, and he looks remarkably like him in the face. You know, yeah. At least like his size will never be quite there. No. But that face, man, it does a good job. I don't know. Like, I also think his hair is a little too long. Maybe, yeah, a little bit. Negan had more of a... He had like a buzz, buzz cut. Buzz cut. Like yeah. A, a shorter to the scalp. But. He's like a really depth-defined widow's peak. And it's all right. He still, uh, he still looks awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, and then... That's another thing. Right from the comic books, too, was him spilling his guts. Yeah. Fucking cut him there right in the street. I Dude, think. even the... Uh, when he's like, Lucille, give me strength, like all that. Right. It was all, you know, it was all from the comic books. A lot of that, books. dude. He's a lot of, I mean, a lot of, they do, they're doing a great job at... At taking things straight from the comics for Negan. Like, yeah, especially this season. Like, they've yes. just been following storylines left and right, and it's awesome. Oh, I fucking love it, man. And, and I'm okay with some of the shit they're adding because it's necessary. Yeah. And, like, all the shit with Daryl, like what I've said before, it's brand new for us. We have no idea what's coming. And, you know, seeing seeing Daryl escaping was awesome. Killed that fat dude. That fat guy was from the, la- this, is it the last episode. He was trying to talk to... Yeah, well, he was also the one that was that was feeding him dog food sandwiches too. Uh, well, Dwight, Dwight was too. Yeah, well, yeah, it was his role, I guess. And, yeah, but like, so he killed him, and you see a like a gun, like there was like a gun in his back pocket, in his back of his pants, and he took it. At first, I thought it was just like a little tiny, like yeah, it looked like it looked like, like a little gun, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so him him he got him gutting him like that. I don't remember the houseboat from the comics or anything. I don't. I don't, I don't think that was like that. They it's, were just, it's hard to remember all that shit, man. I, I've read it so long ago that I just yeah. I don't think they did that. 
Um, but either way, it's cool. And then, um, oh, did Rosita try to kill him? Did she shoot at him? I don't think it was Rosita. I think, like Nate said, I think it was Andrea. Yeah, probably. I could see that being Andrea. But as you guys, if you guys do or know, know or don't know, Andrea is alive at this point right. in the comic book. She is not here. But she'd also be a fucking. I mean, well, her TV show self wasn't a very uh, no uh, helpful. But uh, there's some Rosita said that I want to make sure I talk about too. Is and she's like, if if Abraham was still here, we could fight. Yeah, because that's true. Like I've always said that. I'm like if Abraham would have lived, like Abraham would beat the shit out of Negan in one to one combat. Oh yeah, guaranteed. That's probably why part partially Negan chose him. Like, oh, I'm sure he's like fuck that guy, yeah. and, you know, like that guy. You know, he could just tell he was tough, and like he would yeah. never have bowed down, N- even though what Rick's doing, like how Rick's doing it now, he, he has no choice. But I don't think Abraham ever. Right. He would not. He just couldn't. See this this whole time I've been thinking like maybe Rick has a plan, like in the back of his head. But I don't, I don't think, think he did. He I did. think he honestly gave up. He gave up until the end of this episode. Yeah. But. You know, he, he he had given up completely. I don't I don't remember if he acted like that in the comics or not, whether he actually gave up full heartedly. I think he or if did he always some, had a plan somewhere or he Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just It was I mean I think maybe for a while it was it's cause that's hard. Like this I you, seriously thought this whole entire time that they had some guns buried in one of them graves. Like I really did. I don't I don't I think they mentioned it, but then they didn't end up doing it. Yeah, I know. Like uh, Gabriel mentioned it, but I I don't I don't know. I just I, I wanted to think that because how are they gonna get guns, man? Even the ones they found, they're gonna find the hilltop. They're gonna, I don't maybe know. not a lot, but there's still weapons there. They're, yeah, I know. I I mean, even in the comics, they use spears and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like at least one has even ever been into the kingdom. He hasn't because that was the deal they made. Because he recognizes, like on the show, they said on the episode to the, uh, that he recognizes uh, Ezekiel's power, his worth, his strength. Right. But so they just made an agreement. And right. They, he won't fuck with the hilltop or the, the kingdom. He won't even go there. But they'll keep giving them shit. Right, so it doesn't happen. Like yeah, you said, they so. would the kingdom would ultimately lose, but it would not be Negan would be very weakened. Right, but yeah, so like that was a him just that knife too. That knife that he used. Oh man, it was perfect. It was a knife from the comics. Like there's that one issue where his has his face and he's like bleeding. Yeah, I have that shirt. And he has. Yeah, that's that that. Yeah. yeah, the shirt. That's what I'm thinking of. But it was that it had the back those serrated in the back. Yep. It was the exact fucking knife. It was. Oh, awesome. it's the same one. I think it's a like issue 111 or something like that. It's the same. They just took that image and slapped it on that shirt. That, yeah. That's the it's same. An awesome. I it's love so that dope. Image. Um, that might even be the issue when this happens. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Who knows? Because. From what I read, in, I read a fact one time is that um, in all the comic books, Negan's done more knife kills than Lucille kills. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but all right. Well, we're gonna continue with the summary. Um, Rick shows up and tells Negan to go and get his stuff. It's at the gate. Eugene is taken by Negan for his bullet-making skills. Now this is from the scene when uh, she shot at Negan, but they weren't supposed to have any weapons. So he like picked up the bullet and. It's amazing to me how knowledgeable he was about it because he's like, "This is homemade." Like, I, yeah. have, I would never know that. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't was, know if he's been learning or what. He said something. He's like, "Look at the crimping on this." Like, yeah, so like he knew that it was homemade, which is crazy. But so that ultimately led to Eugene being taken from his superior for his bullet making abilities. But right back at the hilltop, Maggie is exhibit, exhibiting leadership, moderate happiness, and a wicked pregnancy cravings. Enid, Maggie, and Sasha have a conversation about Maggie becoming president of the Hilltop. I think it was like a joke at first. Uh, you know what I mean? They were kind of like, you should be run for president or whatever. And, 
I think somebody else said, like, another person in there was saying that she should run for president or something. In it, too. She said... uh, No, I know, but, like, somebody told her that somebody... One of the people from the hilltop, I think, oh, yeah, was saying yeah. that she should or she or whatever. Because Enid said, like, she's like, are you are you sure you're not already president? Right. And in the end, with the new fire under his ass, uh, the president of the hilltop, and in the end, with the new fire under his ass, Rick has had enough. Negan must pay. Upon Michonne's discovery of Sanctuary's location, she verifies that they are indeed outnumbered. Then this, and now they, they were saying, like, like, by a lot. She goes, look, we're outnumbered, like, for sure like there is no question about it like, right um this being the case they have no choice but to join forces with the hilltop and from what we saw from carol and morgan we believe that rick will soon be introduced to the kingdom as well finishing off the episode in the hilltop rick along with a handful of others come walking through the gates ending with an extremely emotional scene rick hugs maggie rosita and sashi sashi <laughs> rosita and sasha accept their situation and what we mean by that is, like, there was that little scene where they looked at each other and they kind of smiled and nodded, like, you know, we know what's, you know what I mean. Right. Carl and Enid also share a smiling yeah. moment. Then around the corner comes Daryl, leading to the brotherly embrace between him and Rick and the reunion of Rick and his trusty Colt Python revolver, which, <laughs> I don't know what was more, what, I don't know, seeing Daryl again was awesome there, like. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Like, it was, that was so, I had tears building up in my eyes when he was like, when he, because when. When Rick saw him, he, like, walked up to him real quick. and Yeah. It was just, like, he, he couldn't believe his eyes. Yeah. And they hugged. And it, I just did. I wanted to bust out. It was crazy. I was right, by the way, here. That issue? Yeah, issue yeah. 111 is the last issue for Spencer. That is the one that with Negan's... Fucking badass knife. Bro. Yeah. And the issue 112 is his last appearance as a, as a walker. But he, doesn't, he didn't last very long, man. He appeared first in issue 72. That's 40 issues. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the episode. It was, it was a good episode. There was a lot of time filling shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it wasn't necessary for it to be an hour and a half episode. Yeah. Like they could have. But it was still cool. I like seeing this stuff. Like some people hate it. Nate Nate said it was terrible that he hated all the extra shit. But I don't mind it. You know, you can't just have all the awesome shit without the build up and the suspense and shit. You gotta have it. Like, so it makes a TV show a TV show. Yeah. So but, all out war. That's definitely all out war starts in one fifteen, I believe. So we're not far from that at all. See, they're going to have to turn four issues into a whole half a season. I don't remember how... It, 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 no, it's 14 issues, All Out War. No, I'm talking about... Oh, yeah, 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 preparing for All Out War. Because the, the, the issue where he where Spencer dies and then the issue where All Out War starts is only four issues. Yeah. Or Plus whatever. we got whatever the fuck that dude who was like watching Rick and Aaron... With the boots? The boot guy. People are like, oh, these the fucking whispers? Every time we see something that we don't recognize, they're going to be like, it's the whispers. Like, it's retarded. They wouldn't even be showing themselves now. There's years before we see the whispers. Like, Yeah, it, it's it's insane. Like, I don't know why people think it's probably just something. It's probably whatever they're fucking going to save for half the season. Yeah. It's probably just somebody, like, that's tr- going to try to do whatever. Because yeah, they're going to have to put a lot of shit in half the season. A lot of it's going to be shit that hasn't happened, that we haven't seen in the comics. Probably. Uh, we, th- we might even see another community, for all we fucking know. They yeah. might just add something. Like well, they yeah, did. I was going to say that, too. That Those women, the community of the women. Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever become a point. See, Oceans, they have a lot of weapons, too. Oceanside. That's that's what they're called. I guess they're briefly mentioned um, one time. And this is this is after the, the time jump. Yeah. This is... um. The, the remember when we I'm trying to be as spoiler free as possible whenever Michonne when we found out where yes. Michonne was that's there was a guy from uh, Oceanside there oh but Oceanside was way later 
Yeah, way later. We heard so, about that way later. Yeah, so the, the, it's weird that they're that they're talking about it now. So they might join in the fight just for uh, this storyline specifically. Um, but they they weren't all females, as far as I know. Yeah, in the in the show. This guy Siddick, he's the one who mm-hmm. he shows in the uh, yeah. And now he's in the kingdom now, Siddick. Yeah, but. All right. Well, it was other than that, great episode. Uh, yeah, I thought the ending was fucking heart wrenching. It just it gives you that feeling like they're about to start some shit because like Rick, you can see it in Rick's eyes. He's like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. You know, I cannot. I'm not gonna live like this anymore. Michonne was right. This is not living. Do you want to do a uh, live watch of the season seven B trailer? It's thirty four seconds long. They have it out already. Yeah. Oh sure. I mean, you you have to do it on yours, but we can do a live a live viewing of that. I had no idea. I watched it earlier, but I, you haven't, and I would love to see. Cause dude, something oh. fucking crazy happens in that. What, was it like at the end of the episode that we just? Ended uh, yeah, to see? yeah. What do I go? Just uh, type in Walking Dead season shit. Damn it! Maybe season seven. Premiere, mid mid season premiere. See if we can't find that. It's not very yeah, that one This one? Yep. Alrighty. This is what we got to see because we didn't Fuck yeah. See that? Fuck yeah, dude. Daryl's beating the piss out of somebody. Oh my god, I cannot wait. What the fuck, What? <laughs> How could it be coming out of his head and still be alive? I don't know, man. It's crazy shit, though. Like, I don't know. It was fucking awesome looking. That is... that. That's... I can't... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm glad we just did that. It's not very long. That was awesome. I can't fucking wait to see that shit. <laughs> All right. Well, that talks us up for... We aren't going to have any more Walking Dead to talk for for two months. Yeah. Almost two months exactly. So, um, it was nice. We'll be back next season. Next half of the season. Next year, 2017. Yeah, that'll be Walking Dead. That'll be when we talk. It'll be nice. But All right. We're going to get into our next show. Yeah, we're going to be doing The Flash. Flash, season three, episode nine, the mid-season finale of this as well. It is titled "The Present." It is directed by Rachel Talalele. Story by Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing, and tele, tele, teleplay by Lauren Serto. Okay, uh, I guess the special guest this week would be their, uh, uh, John Wesley Ship uh, as Jay Garrick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You could. Yeah, we could say that. Yeah. It's always awesome seeing him, but it, it has to be weird for Barry seeing him, man, because it's his father. Absolutely. You know, but... All right. While trying to enjoy their Christmas holiday, Team Flash discovers Julian might have some ties to the Philosopher's Stone. 
Now, the, uh, this is from, they found a paper online about it that was written by him. Right. So that's how we get to that. Barry confronts him, and Julian tells him about his expedition four years prior, but lies to him about finding the stone. He did find the stone, but tells Barry he did not. Seeking more answers, Barry heads to Earth-3, where we see Jay Garrick fighting the trickster, played by none other than Mark Hamill, reprising his role. Um, however, this time, he has a white face, purple hair, and a big purple suit. A very Joker-like appearance. Now, it's not the Joker, it's the trickster. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know who his counterpart would trick, is the trick, the jokester? Jokester, yeah, but it, Jokester's a good guy, so it's... Or like a, he's the anti-hero or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, because it's funny, because when he's like, wait, I didn't, you needed help finding, fighting my trickster. Like, right. Like there was another trickster elsewhere, but I just, I love seeing Mark Hamill, but I hate it at the same time, because he sounds like the Joker so much. That every character he plays, yeah, I just can't stop. But, but it was so cool though because it's probably like the best version of like if people people out there want to see Mark Hamill playing the Joker live action. That's that this is what you're gonna get. Like it's very brief, but like but it's probably the kinda, closest you're gonna get. That'd be awesome. Him. It's that voice, man. Because like the best Joker to date to me is the ones on the Arkham games. Yeah, the voice. I, I agree. Love so That's just, Mark Hamill. Yes. Yes. Arkham, yep. Know. And it's just perfect. And it's the same one with fucking. Uh, Killing Joke and all that, you know, all right. that stuff, and in Batman animated series, and yeah, he just, just the, he it. is just, the Joker, man. In my opinion, it'd be it'd be cool to see him live action as the Joker, but like yeah. he, you know, this is the closest we're gonna get probably right. ever. I know it'd be all, it'd be that'd be too much of a good thing, because <laughs> I, I feel like he could pull it off too visually. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think. as as we saw today, all all they would need to do is change his hair green I think and give he, him I, less he, weird teeth. He might have to slim up a little too because Joker's very lanky. Yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't know, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> Barry mentioned Savitar to Jay, and they immediately head back to Earth One. It was kind of like, "Have you heard of Savitar?" And then, like the next scene, it was them coming back to the Earth. So <laughs> I guess he has. <laughs> um, where Jay divulges all of the information he knows about Savitar. Um, now this is stuff that is necessarily no, because he never met a speedster that has seen him. He goes, "Man, you must be something else." He is like, because the first thing he says is, "You must have the power to challenge him," because. You know, yeah. I've never met a speecher that's seen him. I've always ever heard myths or legends or stories, and it was you know stuff like about he's the first speedster um, that Barry is fast enough to challenge him. That's why this is happening, and he always sends a representative to the Earth that he's a, a going to to prepare for battle. Which this being Doctor Alchemy now. Now I'm guessing I'm guessing that it's always Doctor Alchemy no matter where. It just it's a different host. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, during all this, Cisco is seeing his brother Dante, and HR is training. Yeah, like Cisco seeing Dante, like he's having visions or hallucinations or something. But somebody's putting the thoughts in his head. You know, he's right. seeing his brother, and it's making him. He's kind of losing his mind. Uh, we see HR training Wally, kind of out on a ravine somewhere, and uh, the result is being he's faster than Barry was at that same point. Like say that say they've both been speedsters for a month. Wally's better right. after a month, which is crazy. That's insane. A signal goes off, alerting them to the use of the stone, which uh, they, Cisco, which he can is capable of doing with a, pretty much any item that they come across. He's able to set it, and when it gets used, it's it's it detects them, alerts them. It's pretty convenient, actually. Yeah. Um, Barry and Jay arrive on the scene, only to be confronted by Savitar himself. Uh, Jay decides to take on Savitar while Barry stays behind to handle alchemy. I love that scene because he's like, he's like, please tell me you can see him. He goes, oh, I see him. Yeah, I love it too. And then he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll take this guy. And you make sure you get that stone. So, um, 
So <laughs> it was, this resulted in Jay getting his fast ass handed to him, outclassed beyond belief. Like this was just, it was just pretty much almost the same thing that happened to Barry when he first met Savitar. He just getting carried through space and time, whatever, wherever the hell they're running through. At. Yeah, just getting hit and then like. He was, like, throwing him into the wall. Like, this whole scene was fucking dope. It was like, crazy, dude. I, someone mentioned that those things that he's running through might be, like, boom tubes. Yeah. Like, dark side boom tubes, which I would be weird. I don't know. if, But that's they might not be them specifically. But the, I think it's just that he's them. moving so fast that it's, like, a teleporting. Like, crazy. It reminds me of instant transmission, kind of, because it looks like he's going through dimensions. But, yeah. you know, he's teleporting there. But just nuts, man. Not like quite as fast as instant it's transmission. It's like this long hallway that he can just go out wherever he needs yeah, to be. It's it, fucking it's nuts. Like, I, I can't imagine Barry ever being that fast. Like, it's just nuts. Like... He is so much faster than them. I mean, he's so fast that other people in the fucking can't yeah. see him. Unless yeah. you're a speedster, you cannot see him. And, you know, and, like, this scene, like, you know, he was just, it was just Jay getting his ass whooped. Like, he couldn't even run away because, you know, he, as soon as he got up to try to run off, he grabbed him by his throat, threw him right fuck back down. Like, yeah, he was fucking, you know, there's not, you're screwed. Like, there's not a goddamn thing you can do. Yeah, outclass beyond belief is, is the only way you can put it. So, I mean,. I mean, it's still like I told DJ earlier. It's it's not nearly as brutal as that scene with Zoom and Barry. Yeah, but it's still pretty fucking brutal. Like it was brutal. Well, Zoom was just trying to. He was just playing with him. Yeah, but like he like broke his back. And well, yeah, and he was like carrying him to all the people that Barry just loved. Dragging and, him along, dude. Just yeah. fucking like that was. I mean, it was fucking crazy. Going. Regardless, but oh. very reminiscent but, um, of that. Barry takes down Alchemy via a thrown lightning bolt. He does that off. He, like, ran around that barrier he was creating and just threw a bolt at him. Yep. Comes down and fucking, like, you know, they do something. Then he fucking, like, lightning punches him in the face. It was awesome. And knocks him unconscious. Yeah, it was so fucking cool. Um, and then he promptly unmasks him, revealing it to be Julian. Which we have known from the last episodes because he was, like, he put out a drawer and there was stuff there. Right. But nobody else in the show knew. I wonder if Julian honestly does not know because... He's opening this drawer and finding his alchemy shit, like, you know what I mean, as Julian. So yeah, I don't know. I still think that he might know, and that's why he's at that Christmas party. Oh yeah, that's, that's... whatever. We don't got to say that, but uh, that's not ruining too much. But back at Star Labs with both Julian locked up in the stone in its box, Cisco begins running tests on the box, and it comes up to literally nothing. And right. what we mean by that is that he's done X-rays, MRIs, fucking. He was trying to do scans on a molecular level, shit like that, and it literally came back nothing. Like the X-ray showed nothing. Yeah, he's he like basically it's like it doesn't exist. Like, yeah, basically it doesn't even exist. It's, yeah, it's just, crazy. Like that's nuts. Yeah, that's so fucking weird. And it, the, the box, like, it, and we didn't mention, but like as soon as that box was closed all around the stone, Savitar disappeared. Yeah. MJ, and it was it's weird to me like that he has such that that weird weakness. It, yeah, it's it's a weakness, yes, but still though, like he was still. No, this goes to like Julian's story when Julian was like in the, you know in the pipeline, which we're getting to here, very right now. But the he was talking about his sister and stuff. So the, the stone still has enough power to make whoever hallucinate a loved one without being opened. I don't think it's a stone. I think it's Savitar. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever Savitar is being held, like it's it's weird. You're absolutely right. It's weird that he needs the stone to be out of the box to. Yeah, to manifest into uh, a physical thing, I guess, if you can call it that, since everybody else can't see them except for speedsters, it's just odd. But, so, Julian seems to not remember being alchemy and is accusing Barry of false accusations. Barry calls him crazy and leaves. Upon taking Joe, 
and Joe describing the way Wally doesn't seem to be in control, it gives Barry an idea, and he goes back to talk to Julian and finds out that he is indeed blacking out and learns a little bit more about his history. That's what I was saying about his sister and um, how he he saw his, his dead sister before hearing the voice of alchemy and stuff like that. Um, during this, Cisco is tempted into opening the box by Dante, who Cisco is also seeing, um, which Cisco does, and it releases Savitar getting into a quick little fight between Barry and Wally. So Wally can also see Savitar, obviously, because now he's got his speed, and they have this like brawl right outside the speed room um, in the speed lab. And they say that Wally saves Barry's life and all that stuff, but he didn't really he didn't really do all that much. He kind of just distracted Savitar a little bit, and then Savitar was put back. And you know, Caitlin shows up and convinces Cisco to close the box uh, and making that making Savitar disappear. They have a device that links Julian's brainwaves to the box, and they attempt to contact Savitar like through Julian. Yeah, and they like that he he referred to it as their seance. Yeah, and. So they hook him up to it, and then Savitar comes out speaking to Team Flash. And this this year we find out Savitar's true motivations. There's a little bit of prophecy, there's some threats, and Future Barry is the reason for all of this happening. Um, they set a plan in motion, literally, and decide to throw the, the box deep into the Speed Force. Immediately after accomplishing this, Barry is thrown forward into the future. They said five months where he sees the death of Iris at the hand of Savitar, and he was unable to stop it from happening. Seemingly having won, they try to enjoy a Christmas party where Joe gets his kiss by well, we whatever gotta, I guess, before that, I gotta We got to mention that. I don't know why we didn't say it, but Jay went and took Barry out of the future and brought him back. Yes. And that's when they feel like they've won because they've won. You know what I mean? Nobody know, Only Barry and Jay know what he saw. Right. So it's it's like that's what we meant by that. I forgot to even mention that. Yeah, it was weird. Barry was real fucked up after seeing that shit. Yeah, obviously. Me too. Um so they're trying to enjoy a Christmas party where Joe gets his kiss. HR is super eggnog drunk. Oh my god, it's funny. He's like this is eggnog right here. Like <laughs> it's so funny. He was uh, funny in this episode. Yes, he was. Like that, he's like was that scary to anybody else? It was scary to me. He goes like I need a coffee and a tea and a lay down. <laughs> it was just cracking me up. <laughs> Uh, Wally is introduced to his costume, which oh, was fucking was awesome. awesome. It was so cool. He's like, are we really going to be calling me Kid Flash? He's like, I think we are. And then, uh, yeah, the Iris is like, yeah, I guess I think we are going to be doing that. That's pretty much happening now. And Julian shows up randomly with a gift of inviting Barry back to his job at the CCPD. Which we got to mention that prior to this, uh, Caitlin asked him to come. And he was like, no, I prefer to be alone on Christmas. And then he just shows up anyway. Right. That's what makes me think he's fucking suspicious. Yep. And finally, the episode ends with Caitlin giving everyone the gift of a white Christmas, which I would give, man. Oh, she turned the snow, the the, the rain to snow. I would do that. Every, I would do that all the time, man. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Middle of the summertime, just fuck with people. That, I would do it all the time. Uh, and Barry shows Iris their new home, so he gifts Iris a apartment. And she was all like, "I only got you a wallet." <laughs> he goes, "I'm sure I'll love it." <laughs> which is that apartment was dope, dude. I I would fucking live there any day. Yeah, it was dope. It reminds me a lot of the law, like a uh, arrow, like Felicity's. Did I love how in the in the key points down here you wrote Draco is alchemy, Draco is archaeology. I couldn't remember his name at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny, man. I couldn't remember. I never that. noticed it until right now. I, I couldn't remember that it was fucking. Julian. I was like Draco. 
That's uh, so fucking I funny. Can't remember, dude. And it, it is. It's also funny. Like I said, Draco is also using a philosopher's stone. Yeah. So it's like Harry, we got to get this philosopher's stone. I mean, Barry, I my yeah. my, my my universes are. It's mixed like, up. Sorry, Earth. I was on. I'm from Earth. Whatever. Right. <laughs> that dude wouldn't Earth that be fucking some shit, man? What? Like a some f- crazy fan fiction. Yeah. Draco Malfoy learns a spell to go to different Earths and just becomes Julian Thorne. But then he could could he not do magic? I don't know. Maybe he can. He's fucking alchemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, what did they take it out and it's just Draco's wand? Yeah, right. Like, I, mean, it's I don't not know. A stone at all. Dra- <laughs> that's a dragon heartstring philosopher's stone. <laughs> That'd be funny as shit. But all right. Well, that is uh, all for Flash. It was a good episode. I think it was like I love Savitar. He, even though it's not quite what he looks like, I think in the comics it's not even close. But there, there might be a rendition of it that we haven't seen. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so Chavis Avatar is shirtless. Yeah, there was that scene where we saw him as a human. Yeah, you know, he just became so powerful that he ended up like this Megatron, little ass Megatron. <laughs> he does look exactly fucking like Megatron. I think he would rape Megatron's asshole. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, dude! <laughs> fucking no Transformers got that shit on any of them. Fucking speed, dude! I think fucking Zoom could rape any. I'm sure. You ain't fucking with the speedster. No, she's pretty crazy. But all right, well that that is Flash for you, and we aren't going to be talking about that until January also for a couple episodes, and then it'll go on break again. Which yeah, is weird. Which happens a lot with these DC shows. Yeah, so whatever though, it's all right. But, they got a lot to cover. All right, and then we're sure. gonna get into Arrow. We got season five, episode eight of Arrow, What We Leave Behind. So this episode is directed by Antonio Negret, written by Wendy Miracle and Beth Schwartz. And uh, I'm not going to say that special guest because that ruins the end of this. So we'll talk about the special guest at the end. Let's see. Are you talking this one right here? Yep. All right. No. This one. Okay, so opening on a Christmas party at the mayor's office, we have some obvious lying. <laughs> where some obvious lying leads to Curtis and his husband leaving early. On their way out, Curtis is attacked by Prometheus, showing Team Arrow he knows who they are. Yes, what we mean by that is exactly that. Like, you know, him attacking Curtis. The only way to to do that would be because he knew. Right. And this fight was cool. Curtis was fighting him. Yeah. You know, he was doing not too bad. Like. Like and it, it, his husband should have been like, "Damn, yeah, my dick is hard as shit right now." <laughs> but uh, let's see. So Curtis ends up in the hospital, and is but he's fine aside from some bruises and cuts. Uh, he's also injected with a TB vaccine, which we cannot remember the name of, but it has some tie-ins to, to yeah. early on. Um, as yet another sign saying that he knows about Arrow's past, specifically one of them being the men. From one of his father, his father's books, one of the men from his father's books, Justin Claiborne. This leads them to believe, or this leads them to the old Claiborne factory where Oliver finally fights with Prometheus. 
seems to be evenly matched. What we mean by that is that like he didn't really. We I don't think we've seen a fight between them yet. Quite. Yeah, like, I don't know. Definitely fight, not. Fight. We also heard Prometheus speak a lot more in this episode. Yeah. And that, I was like, tell DJ, I was like, uh, <coughs> the villains in these CW shows have the best fucking voices. Fuck yeah, they do. And we like, didn't talk about it in the Flash episode or in the Flash part, but the uh, fucking Alchemy's voice is the guy from Saw. Yeah, and and yeah, or and Savitar because the same voice. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, fucking um. That scene, right when they start this fight though, arrow arrow shoots an arrow at him. Yep. And it was like slow motion, uh, slow motion arrow, and then the fucking ninja star just comes and cuts it right down the middle. It's oh, crazy, it was so awesome. So yeah, so the fight is very evenly matched. Um, Prometheus pulls off some moves that Oliver immediately recognizes it, and at this point, Evelyn reveals that she's working with Prometheus. Pro- Pro- Prometheus, Prometheus. <laughs> taking everybody by surprise. So then Team Arrow escapes, and they go back to the arrow cave. They're going over some of the things found, including bone fragments slash ashes um, <laughs> that turn out to be from Claiborne. Throughout all of this, Curtis is struggling with vigilante life and marriage, whilst Felicity implores Billy, her boyfriend, to not go after Prometheus. Which he's also a cop. Right. But just like all the men in her life, he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the same factory and finds a baby picture and sends it to Felicity right before being taken by Prometheus. Yeah. Now, like when we were saying that uh, Oliver recognized some fighting skills, it was there was a way the way he jumped off of the box to the ground. All like it, it was very the camera, like the cinematography right here made it seem very much like Oliver was recognizing it. He's like, "What the? Like, are you doing this?" Like, right. Yeah. It was like all slow motion and shit. But he mentioned this later that um, he's like, "There's a certain movie did that is very specific to this one woman that trained me in Russia." Right. So I don't. I don't know. That's crazy. Like. We'll probably get more flashbacks about that. Yeah, in the upcoming yeah, episodes. We're definitely gonna have to because all the flashbacks in this were from Oliver back in season one of a storyline that I don't. I'm pretty sure we didn't see before. I bet he tries to uh, contact that girl, that woman, and sees. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then like it's just it, you know, in uh, what's his name, Mister Terrific. Curtis. Curtis, Curtis, and his husband. They're, there's a typical. I'm a even if it was a man, it's like I'm a vigilante. Yeah, you're my husband. It's kind of tough, and he's like, I don't want to worry about you being dead all the time. Blah blah blah. Like he, he's struggling with it. It's hard. Um. And you know, Felicity's just you know, Billy's like, oh, I'm a cop. Felicity's like, I know. Blah blah blah. And so, but Billy has to go after him. It's funny because at one point we might have thought Billy was Prometheus, but. I don't know. Dude, after I found out that he was John Ritter's son, man, I just can't unsee it. He's John Ritter's son? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Like, I just I can't unsee it now. Like, every time I see him, I just see John Ritter, like, take all of his facial hair away and put him in Three's Company. <laughs> Perfect. This scene was funny, too, when he sent that picture to Felicity, because he's, like, looking. He's like, why would he send you a baby picture? He goes, Fuck, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he won't even answer my phone call right now or anything. It's crazy. But, um, so, after, you know, DJ just read that he's been, uh, he was taken by Prometheus. Um, but now it is all hands on deck. Every cop in Star City with the order to shoot on sight. Even Thea has donned the speedy suit and joining in. You know, she's like on top. It was a cool scene. I love seeing her in that again. Like, it's just cool. Yeah, it's great. The only thing that would be better is seeing Roy Harper in it again. Fuck but yeah, dude. After a little bit of flashback, Oliver realizes where he is supposed to be going. He goes alone to confront what he has created. Is his words. Because they found out Prometheus is the baby from the picture. Wait. He goes to confront where he, because they oh he goes to found out what he goes alone to confront what he has created because they found out that Prometheus is the baby from the picture, being Claiborne's son. 
So at, like at first they're like he couldn't be Claiborne, but Claiborne they're like, well, we people die and come back all the time. Like, right. But so we learned that Claiborne had a son, an illegitimate son, actually. So there was that. Um, was a ba- yeah, he was a baby from the picture. After an eerie recreation of a scene of death laid out by Oliver four years before when he had killed Claiborne. Now, this is insane. Like, he, he walked in and he... Prometheus had set up the same building. Yep. And he was killing people in the exact same way Oliver did. People were in the same positions on the ground. The same things were broken. The guy... Like, it was all to the point to where the guy's arm was the exact same way. Like, yeah, it was... He had recreated it perfectly. Every, every room he walked into was exactly the same. It was just Oliver's reign of fucking terror through that building you know just and as everybody. he's as he's walking through the room he's flashing back to all these moments a beautifully shot episode like oh yeah uh, it was so cool to see this like he's he's looking up like the escalators and he sees the fight you know he flashes back to the fight and sees all the guys laying there. it was awesome oh man i could like gene it was some genius like cinematography if you want to call it that yeah it? absolutely and it was fucking beautiful and just just the, the writing of it too like the way I guess it's just well edited is what it was like. yeah but just the, even the thought like the, the fact that this guy could know that much that he could do that that it's is pr- crazy it's a pretty thorough fucking villain but um like uh, and this all leads to a confrontation on the rooftop so you know they're facing each other and he goes if you have, if you want revenge He's like, fucking, I'm right here. And then, what's his name? Fucking Prometheus jumps off the building and shoots, like, a grappling hook thing, and Oliver grabs onto him, and they crash into a window. Um, so they're inside the building again, and, uh, th- and this is when Prometheus shows what he's really capable of, causing Oliver to inadvertently kill Billy. Now, what we mean by capable of is not his fighting skills, it's what he... He's, he is winning, Yes. Right now, he is winning very bad. Like Oliver is fucking not doing so well. He's he's so thorough and so good. He's good. Good at what he's doing. Like he he did something. You know, he he put Billy in. He dressed him up in his own suit and had like a walkie talk, like a speaker on the suit, and it made Oliver believe that that was and Prometheus. a sword taped to his hand. Yeah, taped a sword to his hand, and then Oliver just straight up kills him. And Lane was like, "Oh Three arrows, shit!" Like, yeah. Soon as it happened, Lane goes fuck. Like, I knew it wasn't Prometheus, and I knew it had to be. It was somebody. I had no idea who. It was very reminiscent of Heath Ledger's Joker when he has all of the fucking doctors. In, remember in that scene in Dark Knight, when all the people in clown masks were the yeah not were the the victims right, and all the doctors that were tied up were the villains. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the exact same concept. Except it's, just, it's fucking crazy. So all, go ahead. But. He knew Oliver would shoot him to kill, so that's why he did it. Like right. even Oliver, all right, yeah, and it goes. Um, Oliver is distraught and tells Felicity the truth. Like, which the reason I say that is because, Oliver, I could have seen Oliver saying just saying Prometheus killed him. Right. But Oliver went with the full truth, nothing but the truth, right here and there. So and that was, just takes some faith, knowing yeah, like what Felicity. He had to. Man. He was like he had be. to. He's like, you know, he's like I'm not gonna lie because she, you know, she's called him out on lying about things so many times that. Right. Like, imagine if he didn't tell her that he did it now. Yeah. And then he had, and she found out later, so it's better to tell him now. Now, it just this cements the idea that everyone Oliver comes in contact with ends up getting hurt or dead. Like, that, that is the whole point of... Because Prometheus said earlier in the episode, he goes, I don't want him dead. I want him to wish he was dead. Yep. So he he is fucking with him mentally. Like Oliver was, like, in tears. 
he 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 has never been broken down this much. Like, Not at all. Now maybe with with uh, Deathstroke killing his mother and shit, that was pretty fucked up. Yeah. But this is emotional war. This is mental warfare. He's he's going, going through. He's he's having a rough month, Oliver. Having a that crazy fucking flashback from the Dominators and yeah. So he he's just struggling, man. He I feel pretty bad for him. You know, and it's crazy. So he he pretty much tells everybody in the Arrow Cave like, you guys need to leave, get as far away from me as possible. Mm-hmm. And Diggle's like, no, we're right where we need to be, man. Like, So, uh, finishing off the episode, you know, Oliver's talking about, like, he goes, talking about like, everybody I come in contact with is hurting, and he, he's going on this speech, and it shows a scene of Curtis, this so sad and crying. His husband had left him to go stay with his friend for now. His brother. His brother. Felicity is in mourning over Billy, which, obvious. Diggle, having received a false phone call from Lila, and he, she called him, or it was like, Lila, she goes, I need you, you need to come to the safe house now. Because they would have been sent to a safe house because Prometheus knows who they are. Right. He knows, at least knows who Diggle is, so it's not... She's like, oh, there's something wrong with JJ. You need to get here right yeah, away. So, um, he shows up, and he seems to be ambushed by... He just has... He walks in the door, and there are just red dots all over his chest. And, like, six dudes with machine guns or whatever just right on him, so he's yep. screwed. Now, the episode ends with Oliver walking into the Arrow Cave to be surprised by none other than the Black Canary, Laurel Lance herself. Leading to our special guest, Katie Cassidy. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck else to say about that. I don't either, man. It, it, I, we have some, we have some theories, but every time I think of a theory, I can think of why it can't be. Like, your first thing is your, the first thing everybody's gonna think is Flashpoint, but it cannot be Flashpoint because everything that's changed from Flashpoint, people don't remember it. Like, you know, like the, if it. They remember Laurel being killed by Damien Dark at this point, even after Flashpoint. Right. So her being back could not be from that because I, Diggle doesn't remember her da- his daughter, so he wouldn't. It wouldn't work that way. I agree. Now, if they make it work that way, that's stupid in my opinion. See, and I almost thought that in Legends they were going to address this issue, but they they didn't. It was close. But even so, even like you just said, it's the same concept. You know what I mean? You can't change the past without everybody. Still thinking that it's not. Yeah, because like he was saying, DJ was saying maybe it had something to do with uh, the Sarah. things that have changed. Because Sarah told him he'd fail in the future, blah blah blah. Maybe he and never ended up killing her, but they still remember it happening. So it couldn't be that. It can't right. be that. Because if that was the case, then they would. It would all be the memory. Now I think the only reason that Stein is not is still remembering both is because he's traveling through time. Yeah, they were outside of the timeline yeah, when so it's Flashpoint not, happened. It's, it's, it's coming to him, you know what I mean? It's not... It was like when Barry was in Flashpoint. He remembered both. Right. But he was forgetting the other. Right. So it's getting to the point now for Stein that he is... He's remembering a whole yeah, lot more. Yeah, but yeah. That, we'll talk about that next episode. But Yeah, so it just shows Laura. She goes, hey, Ollie, or whatever, and... And she kind of looks like, like she turns and looks at him and she's like, oh, hey, Ollie, like, I've got some shit to tell you. Yeah, like, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, yeah, and it makes sense. Like, it's just weird as fuck, I don't know, man. maybe like, her death was a farce. Uh, fucking, she faked it or something to get more training. I don't fucking know, man, but I, I don't know what it can be. I can't think of what, it'd have to be what it is, unless, or she's a Laurel from a different Earth. I don't, that doesn't make any sense either. Why? Maybe on her Earth, she has an Oliver Queen that was a Green Arrow, and he died or something. Yeah. And then she came to that Earth somehow. I mean, I don't know how, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. know that. What other choice? It's either that that's the real Laurel Lance, and she never ended up dying, or it's a different Laurel Lance from a different fucking universe. Maybe. Maybe she's a time remnant. What? 
Maybe she's a time remnant. Maybe okay. maybe Thawne or someone or you know what I mean? Maybe someone fucking ran back and grabbed a past version of herself and caught her up to speed. I don't know. Her hair was different than I've ever seen it. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty blonde. I don't, that's that's just one that's one theory that could because it could it could be I mean that they could have done that and she could have came back I don't back. know why they would do that why, I was like I'm just gonna grab Laurel Lamb maybe it, it could maybe it wasn't Thawne I have no idea man maybe it was fucking but, I mean Savitar. that's another theory that's another possibility so I, I have no I fucking it. idea cause like unless like another fucking Lazarus Pit exists somewhere which you said it doesn't so no, as far as I know from the comics there is one Lazarus Pit and it's at uh, fucking Nanda Parbat. But they destroyed it. Malcolm Merlin destroyed it. Which sucks because I don't feel like that happened in the comic books. Or yeah. It might have happened in one story. Arc, Unless but. Merlin only destroyed it because there's another one that only yeah. he knows about or something. Who knows? Did we see him destroy it? Yeah. Maybe it's not destroyed. I mean, if it can if it can bring the person back from the dead, maybe it can keep itself from being destroyed. I don't know, man. I have no fucking idea, but, but Black Canary is back. Well, Laura Lance is back. We have no idea what it's going to make of it. Yeah. It's probably going to be a fucking hallucination like everything else was in these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, you know, at, at, by this point, you know, that we're at Arrow. In Flash, we have seen Dante, a seemingly dead character. It wasn't actually Dante, but it, we saw him. Yep. In this episode, we're seeing Laurel Lance, who was supposed to be dead. Yep. And it happens again in fucking Legends, and we'll mention that when we get to that. Right. Which is coming up next, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 8, titled The Chicago Way. It was directed by Ralph Hemmecker, written by Sarah Nicole Jones, and Ray Utarnachit. There's some <laughs> weird fucking names that have produced that fucking do these shows. Special guest, John Barrowman, who plays Malcolm. Yep. We have Matt Lesher. Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash, and Neil McDonough, which is Damian Dark. All right. Starts off, our legends find themselves in Al Capone's 1927 Chicago to stop an aberration of Al Capone becoming mayor and not being arrested ever. Um, unbeknownst to the team, this was caused by Damien Eobard and a new member, fucking Malcolm Merlin. Now, this scene, the scene was, was like, you know, they, they confronted Al Capone. They're saying, we know something that's going to happen to you in the future. We're going to help you prevent that. And that is what causes the aberration of, because Ness, the very famous detective that finally got him for tax evasion. Right. Um, was prevented due to these three fucks. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, you know, uh, Al Capone gets Ness cause, and sends him down to uh, fucking with the, the, the fucking blocks on the feet. Yeah. Throws him in the river. But the team saves Ness from drowning uh, by Al Capone and we see 
it was all set up by the trio because after they after they pulled him out, you saw Damien Dark, you know, it showed a cut of Damien Dark like watching and he goes, Oh, they fell for the bait or whatever. Which I want to mention real quick, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast that we finally got to see Vixen do some aquatic shit. Yes, she jumped in as a dolphin. I was like, fuck yeah. Because you were like, didn't you just mention that? I was like, yes, because I, I, I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see her do something other than fight with a, like, as a fucking animal. Like, yeah. I wanted to have it see. It was, it was cool. just cool. It was cool. Um, but this ultimately leads to Sarah and Stein being captured. And after Malcolm offers Sarah a rewrite of her past, which she declines, Stein is tortured by Thawne. Um, Vixen getting a taste of her criminal side along with Mick, Ray, and Nate infiltrate Capone's hideout. Now, I say criminal side is because, like, well, you tried doing it as a goody doody two shoes, and we're going to try it my way. Right. As a bad guy. I love Mick, dude. Yeah, he's so cool, man. Um, they infiltrate Capone's hideout, saving Sarah and Stein. <laughs> this all seemed awfully easy, maybe too easy. Again, we see this is also part of the trio's plan. They seem to be a step ahead of them, a step ahead of them around every corner. Now, what I meant when, like, the reason I say that is because uh, Al Capone's like, "Are you sure they, you know his his Eobard or whatever, whatever he fuck he called him, is gonna be mad that he got away?" He goes, "Actually, I think he'll be quite the opposite." Yeah. Um. So, back on the wave rider, Stein is acting pretty strange, and he requests to see the amulet that the trio was after. After realizing that he was actually Eobard. They try to take him out with a speedster gun, which has a little effect. Um, so it was... Um, Thawne did the same thing he did to uh, Harrison Wells yes. back in season one of But it Flash. killed Harrison Wells. Yeah, it kills Wells, but he said... I wonder why he would give a shit if it killed him or not. I don't know. Why Like, why would he care? Like, I know they did it so Stein wouldn't die, and there's, so there's a firestorm, but why would, as a character, why would Eobard give a fucking shit if it killed the person he was trying to look like? I don't know. Maybe they need them more. Maybe I guess we'll they, have, they might have a much greater plan. I think. Yeah, they're all they're all three very fucking smart dudes too. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I don't, I, that's a that's a bad people to be up against, man. Yeah, Damien's his own force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Malcolm is just as good at fighting. You know, he's supposed seemingly, and then fucking Ebard is fucking reverse flash. Like evil's fuck. fuck yeah. It's a Legion of Doom, man. It's the beginning yeah. Of- yeah, yeah. But um, and then it, uh, we see uh, it's because of what's his, uh Jack sees the video of Stein in the library and he starts zooming around really fast and he's like, well, fuck, that's not fucking Stein. He's like, what the hell? But he kind of had a, you could see it in his eyes anyway. When yeah. It, like, cause I think he didn't feel anything. He yeah. might not have felt something. He's looking at him real He was weird. suspicious. And and like you and then you get the the uh, moment when Sarah walks in the library and. He's like, she says something about Jax, and he's like, yeah, let's go see what Jax is doing. She's like, when do you call him Jax? Yeah, right, you call him uh, Jefferson. Jefferson, all the time. So Malcolm, along with some gangsters, board the Wave Rider, and where a fight between Sarah and Malcolm ensues. He basically just enters the Wave Rider, and he's like, anybody you see, kill him. Yeah, yeah, kill him with Tommy guns. They've already proved twice that they can't be done. Right. So which Sarah takes the upper hand during this battle, which is cool, because Lane said right before <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, she's yeah. like, I wonder who would win in a battle... Between those two, so it was pretty cool. I, mean, I don't know. I don't feel like she would have won that easy, but she's really good. But you also, we also have to remember Malcolm was Raz Al Ghul at one point, so he's good. Yeah, he's you know he's always he's been his ass beat by Oliver lately. <laughs> I am Raish Al Ghul. I love when he says that stuff in season yeah. four or whatever. He just pops in. They're like, how do you keep getting in here? He's like, I am Raish Al Ghul. He says it multiple times. It's yeah, fucking like, hilarious. Stop dude. asking me how I'm doing things. It's, I am Raish Al Ghul. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's just fucking. I'd be like, I'm saying, how the hell did you do this? I'm Batman, nigga. Yeah, really. Oh, it's shit. just, it's all right. Don't. Um, all right. So Malcolm along with the gangsters, they enter the Wave Rider. Okay. Um, 
At the same time, Vixen wants revenge for Rex Tyler's death. She uses a speedster gun, which again fails. Before he kills her, he is called away to save his own neck, that being uh, Thawne. Malcolm offers Stein for the amulet, which Sarah agrees to. Throughout all this, we see Mick hallucinating Snart. He's telling him that being good gets you killed. Through all this, Vixen and Mick have a romance brewing, which ends with a bottle of whiskey and a kiss on the cheek. We learn that the amulet is just one part of a whole, which turns out to be a compass that ultimately leads to the Spear of Destiny, and that the key to finding it lies within Captain Rip Hunter. You ever heard that name? Like that in a while. Yeah. Who we find out is in New York filming a movie about himself. No, he was in Los Angeles. Was it Los Angeles? They said, I'm pretty sure they said something about New York, about the company you found in Met New York. Met him in New York? Okay, yeah. But the, when, it showed, when it showed him, it said Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I, I missed that part. All right, so he's in Los Angeles. He's filming a movie about himself. <laughs> it's weird. He's got a normal accent, like an American accent, and the long hair. It's so fucking weird. I don't understand. So I guess technically in this episode there was two people that were thought to be dead that showed up. Well, we didn't think Rip to be dead. We just knew he got away, right? Everybody else thought Rip to be dead. They have no idea. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. know where he is. Yeah. But yeah, but then yeah, so like that was that was all we said. This one was Snart. Like he kept seeing Snart, which is weird that they did that. Now I wonder, did it say anything? Because I I totally missed that thing. It said Los Angeles. Did it just say Los Angeles, or did it say Los Angeles in a year? I don't remember. Because I wonder if that rip is the same rip. I don't know. Or if it's like a past rip, or hmm. something. I don't know. Like he looked. I don't know. I can't say. He looked fucking weird. That's all. It was. That's all that really matters. It was a very he, he looked really scene. bizarre. But I don't know. What can you do? You know, I don't have much else to say about the episode. It was a good episode. Yeah. Good mid-season finale, I guess. Yeah. I love seeing. I mean, all the fighting was good. The fucking special effects were awesome. Ray's back in his suit, so you know he's kicking ass as a little dude. He did mention too. He's like, I can't wait for Cisco's upgrade. No, he yeah, because he was like, he's like, man, he's like, this thing, the new suit seems kind of weird. I guess it is time for Cisco's upgrade or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been nearly as broken in as it, but it was a good episode. I liked it. It was cool seeing Chicago back in 1927. Oh yeah, Al Capone's accent was on fucking point. Very. uh... You know, I'll tell you something, and this might just show my young age, but, and I also don't. People out there who are listening, please do not give me slack for this, but I've never watched Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. I did not know that Al- it was ba- that, that's Al Capone. I did not know that. Because he's like, hey, it's Al Capone. Dude, that's Scarface. Like, he goes, I wouldn't call him that to his right. face. He doesn't like that nickname. So I did not have any fucking idea about that. But, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Anything else, Lane, you want to talk about? Oh, I can't think of anything. No? Well, next week we're doing a... Uh, Christmas episode that will be on the 20th, five days before Christmas. What are you looking up, Spirit Destiny stuff? No. No. Scarface. So we're doing, yeah, we're doing a Christmas episode, and what is, do you know the name of the movie we're reviewing? The Marvel one? No. So we're doing we're doing two things. We're doing a DC Christmas thing and a Marvel thing. So the DC one that we're doing is a comic book. It is called well, it's basically just about the induction of Santa Claus into the Justice League, which is fucking interesting. 
And then we're doing a Christmas Marvel movie. So we're doing one comic, one movie. So that's pretty interesting. And then I'm sure we'll talk more Christmas stuff because that won't take up all that much time. And maybe we'll do stuff that's out of our uh, normal thing. Talk about our favorite Christmas movies, things like that. Whatever whatever we can do to fill some time. Um, and a quick thing. I guess his nickname was Scarface or something. And the movie kind of is loosely, but uh, the guy, Al Pacino played Tony Montana. He, mm. was, he was a Cuban. Oh, yeah. I fucking knew that. So I don't think it has anything to do with Al Capone, really. I think it, like the name came from that, but I don't. Otherwise, but the story goes, I don't think. Because huh. Tony Montana is a, a Cuban. This is the tale of Tony Montana. <laughs> I love that song, <laughs> Jack Sparrow. We're listening to that on the way home. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! I haven't heard that in a long time. I fucking love Lonely Island. But all right, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what we got, man. I don't know. Super fights has been moved to January eighth. Yes, we were supposed to do that next Sunday, Should but that fun. ain't happening anymore. So we're moving that to January eighth. But want to let everybody know Captain that this Jack will be Sparrow. the wrap up for the year twenty sixteen, and then twenty seventeen super fights will take place before the end of the year. I will make that my fucking sole purpose. Yeah, <laughs> to make sure that happens. Not I'll raising plan his daughters, being good to his wife, making sure. That we get fucking super fights. <laughs> it's a super fights championship. We can just do it in the, the the beginning of each year. I guess we could. It doesn't really make. Sorry, we'll when do they it. do we'll the see. when do they do the uh, award shows at the beginning of the year, or they oh. do it in like February and shit, and it's for the previous year. I think so. Yeah, because everything has to come out for that year. Yeah, I guess but. that makes sense. We could do it then, yeah. and then sometime before the end of the year, hopefully. We can get a Rogue One special up in there. Maybe maybe after Christmas, right after Christmas, we can do our special on Rogue One. Because Rogue One releases in literally three days. Um, so I don't know I don't know when the hell we're going to have any time, but we're going to try. Because I know we ain't going to be seeing it on the 23rd. Right. And uh, so maybe, maybe we can get some time to see it. I don't know. If not, it'll end up being at the beginning of the year. But that's all I've got. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for episode... 39. 39 of Nerdtocalypse. Yes. See you guys next week. We at Nerdtocalypse Podcast assume no claim in sounds, references, music, and graphics and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerdtocalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at Facebook.com slash Nerdtocalypse and on Twitter at Nerdtocalypse. You can also email us, Nerdtocalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers, iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.